You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to My Victory Church. Welcome to all of you that are joining us online, wherever you are around the world. Special welcome to all of you. Give them all a hand. We are live, so let us know where you're watching from in the chat. I would love to say hello. Hello to uh, George and Hope. Good to see you guys. Pastor Phil is watching on, on YouTube. Abisa, good to see you. Uh, so good to see all of you in the room as well. Welcome, Lethbridge. And our five locations, Tabor, Okotoks, Claire's home, Lloyd Minster, welcome to all of you. Welcome, Tess, good to see you all the way from the Philippines, good to see you. Man, so good. Uh, Jen, we've got on there. We've got George on there. We've got, who else we got? Uh, Carson's on there. Wow, Carson's on there. Deb's on there, good to see you guys. Man, all right. Carol's on there. Wow, well, I'm scrolling really fast. That's good. All right. So good. Well, we've been enjoying this series, The Kingdom. No? Okay. <laughs> I, we're just scratching the surface. This is the last part of this series, but I promise you we're coming back. And even as I've been preparing and reading more. It's fascinating. I don't know if you guys have found this. I've found this. But every word that I read in, in the Bible, I'm seeing the word kingdom now. And suddenly it just pops out and you start to see, for instance, I was reading about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist came saying his message was proclaiming, he was in the wilderness proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is near. Then when Jesus came, Jesus said, the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven is here. And then Jesus prayed in Luke 11, verse 2. He taught, teaching his disciples how to pray. He said, when you pray, say, your kingdom come. In an invitation to the kingdom of heaven to come and be a part of what's going on here in earth. It's a prayer that all of us as believers need to pray because it's an invitation that what his will in heaven is would be here on earth. So when we pray, for instance, just for miracles and healing like we just did, what we're, pray, what we're really saying is your kingdom come. When Jesus did miracles and he did healings and he did raising from the dead. What he was proclaiming is the kingdom of God is here. All of that was a message to say the kingdom of God is, is here. Then he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, by the way, is an indication that of the kingdom of God being in us. And that we can have the same rights, the same power, the same authority over sickness and death and all those things. We have the same power, the same authority. And when we pray, this is why we pray your kingdom Come, it's an invitation of God's way, God's will, what's in heaven to be here on earth. That's way better than the amen I just got. I'm just saying, come on, I'm going to need your help here. This is, this is the message. This is, not, this is not a message of Christianity. This is the message. Message. It's the message of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4. It says Jesus came preaching the kingdom. It was his message. It was his mission. Jesus did not come to, uh, to start a religion. He came to restore a kingdom. Amen. And if we get this, it changes everything. It changes everything. Everything. 
So let's look at it again. What, what the, you know, interesting that Jesus used the terminology kingdom to describe God's rulership and what it's like. He didn't say it's a democracy. By the way, democracy is man's invention, not God's. No amens there either. Okay. I'm going to talk to all of you online. Come on, you guys can put in the chat, put amen. There we go. George said amen. Great. Hope said amen. There we go. Perfect. Um, <laughs> what it, it's, it, kingdom is, is interesting because kingdom is all about the king. So a kingdom has four main uh, commonalities. Every kingdom has it's a domain of a kingdom. So every kingdom has a king. And different than democracy, the king is the ultimate rulership. In a democracy, the people basically are the authority. We, you know, we, we can speak up, we can vote, we can all the rest of it. In, in a kingdom, the king is the ultimate authority. Every kingdom has a government. And a government is not a group of people sitting around debating. A government is the laws and ways of doing things. It's the culture, it's the laws, it's the way of doing things. So whenever you read, you know, the government, you know, the government was on his shoulders. Isaiah announced saying that when the Messiah would come, the government would be on his shoulders. He's saying that's going to be the laws and the way of doing things. So when Jesus became king, by the way, when Jesus became king, Everything changed. Everything changed because he brought on him a new law, a new way of doing things. And what changed is religion was no more. Religion is God's way, you know, is man's way to get to God. That's religion. It's man's way to get to God. And so they created, Moses created Judaism and the, all these laws and all these behaviors and all these rituals and all these ways for man to get to God. Yet Jesus came and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father but by me. In other words, you can't do that with, you can't get to the Father through rituals. You can't get to the Father through behavior. You can't get through the Father through anything else than the King. Everything changed. And the problem is, is that we don't fully understand this, I think, as, as believers. We don't fully grasp this because we still try to put in rituals. We still try to put in religion. We still try to put in, we, we say we're not religious. We all have. Let's just, it's just human nature for all of us. We all have rituals of things that we think are going to get us closer to God and behaviors that are going to get us closer to God. Jesus came and changed everything. There's so much freedom in that. Every kingdom also has a territory. You can't have a kingdom without a territory. And this is one of the most misunderstood things about the kingdom, because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, he said the kingdom of God, and we automatically assumed, I automatically assumed before I started really d diving into this and studying this, that the kingdom of God was in heaven, is the kingdom of heaven. But he called it, the kingdom of heaven is basically God's city there. He called it the kingdom of heaven because Rome is, and Romans, where Rome was just a city, and yet it had a territory that expanded way beyond its, its, that one city. Its rule went all the way to Scotland, to, I mean, to, to the Middle East, it went everywhere. And, and the territory, same thing with the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, there was an invitation. When he came here, it was a reestablishment of the kingdom of God on earth. In fact, 
God's intention all along, we can see this in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, his intention all along when he created man and created Adam and Eve, he said, you have dominion over the earth on behalf of King Jesus. When Adam sinned, he did not lose a religion. He lost a territory. He lost the authority on, on earth. And Jesus came back to reestablish what Adam lost. Not to establish a religion, but to establish a kingdom on earth. And it says that he, when he came, everything changed. The fourth attribute of a, of a kingdom is that there are citizens in a kingdom. If you have no one to rule, <laughs> there's, that's not much of kingdom. Every kingdom has citizens. Paul said in, in Philippians 1 and Philippians 3, above all, live as citizens of heaven. That's you and I. Now, Jesus put the importance, and in his very first message, he put the, the, the importance of, of a kingdom uh, and when he said this, first message, he says, Matthew 6, verse 33, he says, seek first his kingdom. Whatever is first in your life is going to affect every part of your life. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, when Jesus came, he came preaching the kingdom many, many times. Uh, if you read in the Gospels, I highly encourage you to read through the Gospels and see all the times where, when it talks about kingdom and when Jesus talks about kingdom, it's so important. This was his message. In fact, whenever Jesus preached, he would say things often. He'd say things like the kingdom of heaven is like or the kingdom of God is like. And then he would go on and, and, and give a, a Let's look at some of those. In Matthew 13, there's, the entire chapter is messages where he's like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like. And, and Jesus is trying to put into, into common language, understanding it, it to those who are listening to try to describe what the kingdom of God is like. So he says the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. He's just trying, he says multiple ways, trying to explain what the kingdom of God is like so that we could get an understanding of this. Look at this in Matthew 13, verse 44. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Now, it's interesting that he says, in his joy. That, did you know, listen, the kingdom of God is, like, it is supposed to be joy. Jesus says, I came that your joy might be full. Religion is boring. Come on. Religion is terribly boring. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus is anything but. Do you think we have, we, we're missing something? If church is boring for you, forgive us. It's not supposed to be. The kingdom of God is not boring. It's, it's full of, that your joy might be full. The kingdom of God, heaven's partying. So we're going to party all summer. We got, a, we got a fiesta out there. Sorry, all of you watching online. Would you just put on fiesta music and, and do it at home. Make some tacos. It, taco Sunday. Come on. I, like, we're, gonna, we're just want to party. Because that, that, you're looking at it. Well, that's not very spiritual. I don't know. That. It is. Heaven's a party. Right? Jesus said, your kingdom. When you pray, say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven, that we're supposed to run parallel to heaven. And if heaven's partying, we should too. 
You think we need to understand this? I think we need to understand this more. I need to understand this more. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. When you find that treasure, when you discover not just salvation, he's not talking about salvation. When you discover the kingdom, there's so much joy. You're going to be, it's, it's worth selling everything you have to go after that. So Jesus said, when you discover the kingdom, you discover a treasure that gives you so much joy and is worth dedicating everything to. And he reiterates this in the next verse. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. It's interesting that Jesus chose to use a pearl. Why not? That's valuable. Why not say, you know, it's like gold or, or it's like diamonds. Why a pearl? Maybe it's because a pearl cannot be refined or improved on by men. It's perfect as it is. Jesus didn't make any mistakes or quits. Like when he said pearl, he's like, you can't improve on this. You can't make this better. And it's so valuable that, again, willing to sell everything that you have. Why? Why? Well, Jesus said this in John chapter 8. He said, He said, to the Jews who had believed him, he's talking to believers, small group. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, now listen, 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 listen. Hold to my teaching. What was Jesus teaching? He said he came bringing the message of the kingdom. What he was, came teaching was his way of doing things. To the Jews who had believed, they had Moses' way of doing things. They had culture's way of doing things. They had Roman way of doing things. But he says, no, no, if you hold to my teachings, you're going to become disciples, citizens indeed, and you're going to know the truth, that the power of the kingdom is in its truth. We live in a, a world where truth is relative, right? It's whatever, truth is whatever you believe. Listen, no. The kingdom of God, the secret of the kingdom of God is in its truth. The power of it is in its truth. And he says, when you discover that truth, it's going to bring you so much freedom, so much joy, that you'd be willing to sell everything that you have in order to just obtain that. Part of that truth, Paul said in, in Colossians 1, says, For he, talking about Jesus, rescued us from the dominion of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We read these verses, and we miss, we read them so many times, we become familiar with them, we miss the power of this. He says, we, he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That was the mission of Jesus. He came preaching the kingdom. He came establishing the kingdom. He brought a government on his shoulders. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, which is what Adam gave to the devil. And Jesus came and brought us back to the kingdom of the Son. Back to the kingdom. This is, not, listen, this is not a rescue from hell to heaven. This is a rescue from the devil's way of doing things. What's the devil's way of doing things? He, his way of doing things is lying, steal, kill, and destroy. 
And God's way of doing things, Jesus' way of doing things is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Much better. Look at Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 1. This is, man, these verses, so powerful. He says this, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on the throne. See that? God put Jesus on the throne. We are a Jesus-centered church. It's all about Jesus. No king but Jesus. God raised him from death and set him on the throne in deep heaven, in charge of running just deep heaven? No, the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. No king but Jesus. And then he goes on, he says this, and not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of heaven? No, of it all. Has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ, Jesus, rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Interesting, isn't it? How Paul says, God put Jesus on the throne. And then he says he's going to, he reigns, he's in charge of it all. He rules over it all. And then immediately Paul goes to, to talking about the church. Now, I, I read a, I read a, a book recently on, on the kingdom of God by Miles Monroe. Highly, highly, highly recommend this book. Uh, and, and Miles Monroe says this, it's, you know, Rediscovering the Kingdom is the title of this book. If you're fascinated by this topic, it's well worth your read. But this is what he said. He said, it's interesting how God waited. It's like Adam lost the kingdom. Why did it take God 4,000 years for Jesus to come? And he says, he says one of the reasons is because he came preaching the message of the kingdom was his primary message. And he was waiting for an example on earth that when he came preaching the kingdom, that there would be an example on earth that, that people he could point towards. And he says there was no king. He tried to establish it with Israel. Israel messed that up royally. And he says Rome came along. He says, I'm not calling Rome godly, but Rome's way of doing things, Rome, the way Rome established a kingdom, in particular, the way Rome established a kingdom in, in that they had Caesar as a king. And they, their, their way of doing things is that Caesars would, would set out governors, okay, to, governors to speak on behalf of Rome with the same authority as Caesar in the territory. So they wouldn't bring people back to Rome. They wouldn't capture territory like Israel and bring everybody back to Rome. They would instead would put in a governor like Pilate who would speak on behalf of Rome and, and their entire job was to bring the culture of Rome to the nation. And got in this, Jesus came and started talking about the kingdom of heaven's like and basically saying this territory. And then this is this is what's fascinating. And this is what Miles Monroe said. And I was like, <gasps> it stopped me in my tracks. You know, the word church, you've heard me talk about this word church is not that's the English word. That's that's the German word. Actually, the root of that. Jesus never said church. That's Kirsch. That's that's German. That's not the right translation. William Tyndale actually died trying to translate this properly. 
it's not church. The word is actually ecclesia, which means assembly, which is fascinating. Do you know what, you know what Rome called their senate? Called it ecclesia. So Jesus said, now watch this. Jesus said, I have come to build my senate, my ecclesia. And then Paul says, Jesus is on the throne. Christ rules the church. Ecclesia. The ecclesia is, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Okay. I can see you're not getting that yet, so let me watch this. You know the scripture? Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. I always interpreted that as king of kings, like king of Queen Elizabeth and king of the president and king of... No, you know what it is? Jesus is king of kings. Listen, Paul said, and Paul tried to, to make clear, we're not servants, we're sons. We are joint heirs with Christ. Adam lost dominion given by God on this territory. Jesus restored that back. So what that means, and Paul says, the, the world is peripheral to the church. If you understand, to the ecclesia, if you understand that you were created to, for dominion, you were created as an ambassador, he said elsewhere, as an ambassador. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador is a representation in another territory of the king. Are you getting this? That we were created to rule. That we were created to have authority. This is why, this is why as, as Christians, we can't walk around all timid. When sickness comes, we have authority because we represent the king. We are kings. We are lords. Uh, we, we are created for dominion, not dominion over people, because his way of doing things is to love all like he loved. And our warfare, our expansion of this territory is not with flesh and blood. It's with principalities and over darkness, all these things. The power is in the spiritual realm that we have authority. If you get this, if you see this, we have authority that we need to step into. Confidence that we need to step into. We're king of kings. Lord of lords. We submit to the ultimate king, but he gave us authority, ambassadors over this earth. Can I blow your mind for a second? Christianity has taught for years that we are just occupying this is not our home. I can start singing now if you want. I won't. This is not our home. 
that one day we got to get to heaven, that that's our home. No, no, no. That's where our citizenship is. But when Jesus reestablishes and comes, he's creating a new heaven and a new earth. And what's the establishment? Our establishment is here. Some of you have heard it so long, you're like, that's not true, that's, that's not true. Put it in the comments, you send me email. Read it out for yourself. When you understand the kingdom and what Jesus was trying to establish, when you see this, all of a sudden all these scriptures come to life. You're like, wait, what, what? For instance, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. How many of you heard teachings on this? Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree that the birds come and perch in its branches. What did he mean? I believe Jesus is referencing the kingdom as started by him, and he's talking to, remember, a small group of believers. And he's looking at this ragtag small group of believers and saying, this is a mustard seed, but you wait to see what my ecclesia is going to be. It's going to grow from this little ragtag group to a tree that the birds of the air, that the world will be peripheral to. We were meant. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. There's so many things rattling through my head. I'm sorry. That I just all of a sudden I start reading all these scriptures this week. You know what I read? Matthew 24. Jesus said that when the world knows, when all the gospel has been preached, then the end will come. Okay, read that again. It actually says, when the gospel, which means good news, of the kingdom is preached, then the end will come. It's the, this is why, this is the message. It's the kingdom. We're not called to be peripheral to the world. The world is called to be peripheral to the ecclesia, to the church. He told them another parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. What Jesus is saying is that his kingdom is internal and it permeates every part of our lives and is meant to permeate every part of society. That, that, that God's plan is to expand his territory through the church, through his ecclesia. And it's not to, it's, we're not meant to separate church from state or church from business or church from society. We're not meant to make church one day a week. It's meant to be a yeast that permeates every part of our lives everywhere we go. It's the good news of the kingdom that is meant to permeate all. So much stuff. Today's takeaway is this. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. St. Augustine said this years and years and years ago. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. I don't know why God set it up this way. Without God, without our king, we, got, we, got, we're, we don't have a place to belong. We don't have anywhere. To, we don't have any purpose. But with our king, with our king, with our king, we can. 
And God established it on this earth that we are meant to be governors, ecclesia, governors, occupying territory, speaking on behalf with authority of the king. And this is why Jesus said, I do what my father tells me. I do what my king tells me. And then it says, God set Jesus on the throne of the king. And we do what Jesus tells us. And we speak on behalf of our king. Imagine your purpose. Your purpose is linked to the kingdom of God. And your participation in, in, is expanding his kingdom on earth. The church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. God's not looking for those whose hearts are partially his. He's looking for those whose hearts are fully his. That means we're submitted to his thinking, his way of doing things. Not asking him to fit into our thinking and our way of doing things. Seek first the kingdom. Now watch this. Watch this. In closing, whole purpose of the series. Why is this so important? Because scriptures say that the devil came as a liar, to steal, to kill, and destroy. What did the devil, as a liar, what did the devil do? His lie, his main lie, was, and his main strategy is to create self-doubt. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. His strategy hasn't changed, to create self-doubt. He said to Adam and Eve, you're nobody. You could be like God. Put self-doubt. God created them in his image. They already were like God. By the way, when Jesus said, they asked him about, you know, paying taxes, and he said, whose image is on the coin? He said, Caesar's. He said, submit to Caesar's. What is Caesar's? And to God, what is God's? In other words, who's made, whose image is on us? We're created in the image of God. Whoa. The devil's main ploy was to, is to create self-doubt. Anybody ever battle with that? That's his main strategy. That's his main lie. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to kill your authority. And he wants to destroy the kingdom of God. That's his main strategy. And, and, and Jesus said, no, no, no. Paul said this, he came to destroy the, the kingdom of darkness and to establish the kingdom of light. God says, you're a son, a daughter, a joint heir with Christ. Paul said it over and over and over again. Don't lower yourself to a servant. You're called to be a son. Don't allow the devil to steal your identity, to kill your authority, destroy the kingdom. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. Help us to get this. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Speak to us, in us. I pray that you'd create a hunger in us for the kingdom, to understand the kingdom. So that we can understand who we are, who you created us to be, who you are. And God, 
us seek your kingdom first. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the king yet, maybe because you thought all along it was a religion, a way of doing things. It's not, it's a kingdom with a king. It was about love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, goodness. He wants relationship with you. And all you have to do to begin relationship with him is confess with your mouth that Jesus is king. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer right now. It's so powerful. If you pray this for the first time right here, right now, you can become a part of his kingdom. Relationship with the king of kings. Let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. If you're watching at home, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you right now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, my King, my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs, for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, would you just boldly raise up your hand, give me a wave, and say, yeah, Pastor, I prayed this prayer the first time. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. If you're watching online, you pray this for the first time, just click like on the message in below that says, I've decided, and our team would love to reach out to you. Those of you who prayed that prayer in, in here, let us write it down on a card. Let our team know. We'd love to give you a Bible. It's our free gift to you. Explains what this relationship's all about. Amen. Isn't God good? Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv. 